Can we just start? Um, can we start it again? Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. From the beginning. Yeah, I just don't know how to transition into the podcast. Like, after that, how are we? We're doing. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to Okay. Um, hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Discussion. My name's Adam, and I have dyspraxia. And my name's Jack, and I'm dyslexic. Um, so, Adam, what was it like uh, growing up being dyspraxic? Well, I think, you know, you need to know what dyspraxia is actually first. Oh, that, that's even a better question, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, for, um, for dyspraxia, for me, it means how fast I do processing. Um, so when someone gives me a task, someone might look at it and go, oh, yeah, that's easy to do. You just do this, this, this. Where I and my brain tries to make it more complicated than what it should be. I do eventually do the task, but um, I do take longer to, to do things. Um, another thing that does affect me on is patterns. So someone might be able to see, like especially in numbers and stuff, that there's a pattern with numbers. With me, I can't really see that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. There's something quite simple, like I remember at, at, in primary school is that there was this, like a number chart. So like you remember in primary how it goes like one, two, three, four. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then it goes 10, then it goes down a row. So you couldn't figure out that like, there's a pattern there with yeah. the 10s and yeah, yeah, hundreds exactly, and exactly. thousands. But I think what was quite interesting is that I could actually see the pattern more when it was one one big straight line. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> thank God for my for my mum is that she went out and brought this massive long you know, uh, a massive long piece of paper that went from one to a hundred. What a wrap around your room or something. <laughs> Almost did. Um, but that was actually quite helpful because then I was able to do kind of, you know, math equations by seeing those patterns that way. Yeah. Um, I suppose did it help um, seeing where the next number, like this number's like really big compared to number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Like the yeah. scale of things where, like with the grid is that, I would get to 10, but then it would go to 11, but then I wouldn't be able to visualise, like, volume of, like, how big a number actually is. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just basic things, like, kind of like that, that really affect me. I think nowadays it doesn't really affect me as much, just because my parents have put, like, a lot of time and effort into, like, occupational therapy and all of that. Um, but, yeah, it's yeah, it still, still affects me in some ways, but not as bad as what it used to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for, for you, Jack... Well, what about dyslexia? How does that affect you? So I say it um, affects my reading and writing, but it mainly affects my writing because I can't spell. So it's kind of more accurate to say it affects my reading and spelling um, because people get confused when I say I can't read and write, thinking it's a, it's a disability with my, um, I suppose, my ability to actually write down things mm. when it's not. Although my handwriting is not very neat I can still write everything down fine yeah so ultimately I mean it fix my ability to break down words and you know into syllables and mm. figure out um, how those syllables sound either by putting together to make a word to read yeah or to break up a word to um, spell out a word and, and ultimately that's why I that's why I have a lot of issue what I have a lot of issue issue with um, yeah so, I mean, when you were at primary school, Adam, like, what was it like when you, how old were you when you first got told you are 
dyspraxic. Well, actually, I don't actually remember. I think, wild guess, my parents will know more about it than what I do, but uh, maybe seven or something like that. I was quite, oh, yeah. I was actually quite young. My, um, I might be really wrong, but let's say that for argument's sake. Um, but yeah, I was diagnosed like around that kind of time. Yeah. And yeah, I was actually quite upset. And were you told? Did your parents tell you this? I Do you think uh, they knew before you knew? I think, oh, totally. Like there was, I think, I do remember... I think this was the place that happened, but I do remember the place where I did like an exam, um, and I think it was at like kind of kids first. I think it was, um, and yeah, I do remember like my my the the person there telling my parents like something about something, and it wasn't like a positive, I guess, experience. Um, but at the same time, with my parents, they're not the kind of people that will kind of get down and like you know worry about things. They want to find a solution. Or yeah. they they probably were worried, but they didn't. Show oh, it. oh, yeah, yeah, totally, you know? yeah, yeah. But I think that's the thing is that with par- with my parents and a lot of other parents is that um, they want the best for their child, um, so they'll do anything to kind of kind of get that for them. Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, they they were always they were straight away kind of trying to find the solutions, which was really good. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I suppose um, for me, I think. I think my parents knew and I they didn't tell me for oh about, about a year. And I got told by someone at my school, I think I was about about six and I started crying, I was quite upset by it. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. But uh it it the next day I was quite empowered by it. Like I was you know, I, this is why I still couldn't spell the word the you know, yeah, <laughs> and um, that's a it went from an embarrassing thing to oh, there's actually a reason for this, and yeah, you know, we can, maybe I didn't really think we can deal with it at the time, but you know, it, it was a very um, grounding word, I suppose, that yeah, called saying told kind of, yeah. um, but yeah, it kind of brought you back to reality rather than being like, oh, shit. well, yeah, instead oh. of being upset about it, yeah, you know, I could just say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm just like sick into mm. this day, um. Someone goes, oh, can you do this? I go, just say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm dyslexic, and, mm. and then people most understand. people totally understand, and they'll read it for me, or yeah, you know, with forms, you know, say I'm like filling out a form for my license, you know, yeah, they'll fill out the form for me and stuff like that. Yeah, have you ever, uh, have you ever used that when in a situation where you know that you probably shouldn't have used it as an excuse? Um. Well, I mean, I suppose that's one of the bad things about the words. And I think later on the show we're going to talk about whether it's a good thing to use the word. Well, I don't know if we're going to talk about it now, but yeah. I suppose we're talking about it now. Um, but it is possibly one of the bad things about using the word is it's an excuse not to read sometimes. Yeah. And And I didn't use it. I think I tried to use that excuse when I was younger, but, you know, my teachers didn't let me away with it as much in like a learning support kind of yeah, situation because yeah. they'd be like, no, you need to read, try read this, Jack. And, um, you know, I'd have to try read it. But, you know, when I got to high school, um, my reading stopped, although it, it wasn't going to progress. I hadn't, re- I, I mean, I, my reading IQ was like at, you know, seven-year-old's level when I was at high school. Oh, wow. Um, and that, didn't really progress at, you know, I was when I finished high school, I was still about a seven-year-old because I, um, in terms of my reading ability, because I never used 
was forced to use mm. try to read, I suppose. Mm. Um, yeah. What about you? I mean, what do you think about the word um, dyspraxia? Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I think it's one of those things you can't, looking back on it now, I wish I didn't really ignore it as much. Like in primary school, um, yeah, I, I would try and hide. So if someone said, why can't you do that? You wouldn't say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm dyspraxic. You'd yeah. kind of just... Well, like, I think if it, oh, definitely like a teacher. I wouldn't care if a teacher knew. Yeah. Um. Um, but like, yeah, from a social point of view, if like I had a friend that asked me, yo, you know, why can't you do this? Like I'd be quite embarrassed from that point of view. So I'd try and like not tell them. Um, but totally if it was a teacher, I'd I'd be straight up and be like, look, I've got this, you know, this thing. And I remember in primary school, mum would make an effort to every time I got, because in primary school, you pretty much have like your, uh, like one or two teachers. Yeah. 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 You kind of go between. Yeah. And mum made sure, and that was probably embarrassing from my point of view, but she made sure um, every year that she would actually go and meet each um, these these teachers and yeah. say, look, my son has this um, yeah. condition. And, you know, eight, eight, eight times out of ten, the teachers would be like, yeah, sweet, thank you like for telling me this. And they would yeah. be really supportive. There was only... Do you think the teachers knew what um, your condition was? Well, that's the funny thing. Mum explained... They, they didn't, but their mum explained it to them. And um, I do remember vividly that she would always give, I can't, don't remember what book it was, but would always give the teachers this book. Well, I suppose we have to find, ask your mum, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I can't remember what book it was, but there was one teacher that definitely read it and actually found, like, you know, knew and understood about it. Yeah. Um, and there was a time, I can't remember what test it was, but there was a time where we had to learn 50 questions and it was just about New Zealand trivia. Yep. And back back then, same thing, with, 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 to do with my processing, I struggled to get information down on paper. Yep. So I can easily, if someone asks me a question, I can say it to them, but to actually process it and then to write it down yep. takes way longer. Yeah. Um, so for this test... Um, Everyone else, I didn't do it, everyone else, um, the teacher would stand out in front of the class and everyone would write down the answers, um, and you know, using using a pen um, on, t- on the paper. And I, I didn't do it because during lunchtime, my teacher actually stayed behind and we did the test verbally instead. And I think I either got, fi- like, it sounds bragging, but I think I got like maybe 50 out of 50 or, or 49 yeah. or something. yeah. And yeah, it was like stuff like that where teachers understood and they actually wanted to help me. Yeah. Like I was still getting all the information right. It was just different how I was actually, you know, processing it. I I um, think going back to the question about words yeah. and why we I mean, why why is using dyslexia dyspraxia a bad thing to use for a kid. Yeah. And ultimately it's a way of communicating I mean words we use words to communicate information. Yeah. So when you say you're dyspraxic Yeah. Um, it straight away communicates something's ba- something bad or something different. Well, it's not necessarily bad, but um, it, it straight away communicates what issues you're going to have to that yeah. person. Yeah. And I mean, to this day, like as I said before, when I say I'm dyslexic, people t- like get it straight away. Mm. And um, although when I was younger, it probably wasn't understood as well as it is now. Um, but I think that's why the words that ultimately good to use because it communicates information and that might sound trivial 
yeah like words communicate with information but i mean they that's why we use words and that's why we should use dyslexia and brax and i think also dyslexia and dyspraxia yeah and i think we also socially i think we're very lucky because nowadays it's more understanding so like in the public eye and stuff when people like tell you um that you have this condition a lot of people understand and they're like you know they want to help or yeah or whatever yeah where like you know 10 years ago people would just be like oh you're just stupid or like you know there's something you know wrong with you yeah and they kind of kind of dust down the rug and not really yeah. like tackle the issue yeah um but yeah um with like support and stuff what did your parents kind of do do for you um i mean, i think my parents took me out of <gasps> sorry <laughs> I think um, my parents took like they. I mean, I was taking out of class all the time to do extra, um, you know, reading activities outside, you know, privately. Um, and I must have gone through about ten classes, courses, uh, when I was at primary school, and none of them really worked um, that well. And I do wonder whether that's um, whether. You know, whether it's because of my, how severe my, my dyslexia was or how much work I actually put into it. Um, I'd like to think I put in a lot of work. I'm not sure. Yeah. I do remember <laughs> finding it very frustrating. Um, not, you know, being able to read and write. Do you think, do you think you were, at the time, do you think you were appreciative like of like what your parents have done? Um, no, probably not. You know, yeah. Be. And I'm a lot more appreciative of now. And, you know, if mum and dad are listening right now, you know, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, right back. Same, same with you, mum and dad. But, I mean, I suppose going back to where you were talking about before with, um, you know, when you had your first test verbally read out to you, I, I remember that happening with me very vividly. And like you said, I don't, I don't, you know, you don't want to brag or anything. But I think with my first maths test, that got verbally read to me. And I... You know, got all of a sudden got from like lowest in the class to like top of the class in my in mass, and that was a very I I remember that and I I was very happy with that. I remember I t- told my parents straight away and yeah, I was <laughs> over the moon that I got did this well in this test and it was quite a grounding experience for me and they really anch- anchored me and I suppose yeah. that's what led me into engineering because it, it was a thing I was good at and yeah. they could test me on it. Totally, yeah. Um, yeah, exact, exact same thing. I think for for myself is, yeah, I wasn't grateful at the time with my parents for the whole OT and stuff. Like I was embarrassed, like you know, getting taken out of class time or, you know, before school having to go and get occupational therapy done. Um, it was fun. Like there was like you so. Know, Alan, what does occupational therapy mean? So yeah, with with occupational therapy, it means that you're kind of doing things like physical. So like with motor skills or to it's used more in a ter- like term of like if someone's injured then they do occupational therapy to kind of get back to where they once was so for dyspraxic people that's quite helpful because of oh, the yeah. hand-eye coordination yeah. and stuff oh, totally. like that yeah yeah like there'd be some games it was years ago now which i struggle to remember like specifics of it but there'd be like there'd be fun games and there'd be like really hard games so like a fun game would be there was this room in the inside the room there would be this hammock thing and my tutor would kind of roll me up in this hammock thing and like swim me back and forth. I know it sounds sounds fun, doesn't it? 
Yeah. Um, but it'd be weird things like, so I'd be rocking back on this thing and I had built this wee tower thing out of like blocks and stuff. Yep. And the goal was that I had the ball and I'd like throw this ball at the blocks to kind of demolish this tower. Yeah. So kind of all those. Oh, like, could you hit the tower? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did it, did it every time. Eventually. Eventually. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, it's like all those, it sounds really simple, but like it's all those little things that help with motor skills. Um, but yeah, like I said, there was the fun side of it. There'd be things where I had to sit down and I had to do like equations or like find patterns and yep. on like worksheets and stuff. Yep. So there was like definitely two sides of it. Yeah. Um, and do you think um, that helps you? Oh, totally. And do you think that progressed your abilities at primary school? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. no doubt. Um, yeah, I wouldn't want to think where I would be. I think with that kind of thing, it's helped me in any way, not just, you know, socially as well. Um, another thing that mum made me do is touch typing, um, which I, that was the, probably the, the worst part about primary school is mum wouldn't make me kind of do, she would take me, I think it was an hour class once a week, Didn't it wasn't two hours, wasn't that bad I don't yep. think, but it'd be an hour class but it was the worst hour of my life and you'd do these tasks where you'd, um, you know, look up at a screen and like you learn how to touch type. But nowadays, yep. I can like you know I can easily yep. type information, emails, like all that kind of thing. Quite quick. Yeah. Oh yeah, really quick. Yeah. Um, I remember my mum getting me to do that as well. Oh, I she hate, got you. Yeah. yeah, I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. Like yeah. the only good thing about the class was that there was a lady there and she'd bring in a, a pack of biscuits and halfway through she'd open up the bag of biscuits and then share it with, <laughs> share it with the class. That, yeah. That was the only good thing about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, oh totally. Like I think same thing. Like nowadays, I now understand why my parents did it. And to be honest, the way that I probably behaved when I was a child, getting those lessons, well, like you know, not not at the lessons itself, but like before going into them and after, is yeah. I don't know how my parents kind of continued on doing it. They just kind of knew that. To be honest, parents are pretty amazing. Aren't oh they? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the amount of the amount of you know, crap they had to put up with. Yeah. But, um, yeah, they just kind of kept going and just said, you know, this is what you need to do. And I think what I was really lucky with is that not all parents are like that. And I think those parents, my parents, were able to kind of see, like, my potential and, like, see the future and knew the hard work had to be put in now to actually have yeah. have a better yeah. life, pretty much, in, yeah. in the future. Um. So, yeah. Yeah, so I think for me, I mean... My parents instituted really good values, and I think that's pulled me through a lot of life. Mm. Um, we're only twenty twenty two, but you know, even even to now, like it's it's pulled me through a lot of um, you know bad situations I've been or like I've I've had an, a severe injury, which we might talk about later on in other podcasts. Um, but you know, values like that end up pulling you through hard times in life, whether it's your dyslexia or um, dyspraxia or anything else or a girlfriend breaking up for you or anything like that I wouldn't know what that's like but, <laughs> um, but yeah totally um, what were you like at primary school like socially like with friends and stuff um, good question so like because I used to try to get out of doing work at primary school um, because because I mean I suppose it was embarrassing that I couldn't um, read and write at primary school so Sadly, reading and writing affects your ability to learn other tasks um, later on in you know, pr- in primary school because you need about a 
you know, read um, instructions on what to do in a math problem or something like that. So, you know, because I couldn't read the instructions, I couldn't do the math problem. Um, and, and instead of, you know, saying I couldn't read it, I would and instead act out and, and distract, you know, sadly. I'm sorry to you know, my, um, you know, students that were <laughs> trying to learn next to me, but, um, yeah. you know, I'd end up distracting them and, you know, you know, our mate, you know, you know, Hamish, you know, I'd end up, you know, playing, yeah. distracting everyone at home and yeah. used to act out in class and stuff like that. Mm. Just to kind of avoid, like, teaching. Avoid doing work avoid, and, yeah. and avoid saying, oh, yeah, I can't read because that was embarrassing, yeah. I suppose. But um, ultimately, you know, I think you should own, own it and say, you know, I can't read and could I have help from the teacher? And, um, yeah, but, I mean, I suppose... Because of that, I was quite social at primary school. Mm. And I had quite a few friends, and uh, but I mean, what about you? What was primary school like for you? Um, yeah, I was a bit of a loser. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, I don't know. I think, well, like, I don't know. Looking looking back on it now, I probably wasn't like you know. I suppose but, that's because you struggled to do sports as well. Yeah, I was not a sporty person. The most sporty. I suppose thing, you're still not really a sport, no. sporty person. Uh, the most sporty thing I'd probably did at primary school was handball. Um, was handball is you that? know in the, in the quad or like oh, the, yeah, yeah. with the hitting you know um, but yeah totally like um, I did have my group of, group of mates you know I think like every primary school I think you change your group of mates you know um, now and then but um, but yeah I think one of the things like picking primary school you know you want to have the most friends and stuff and like you know have the biggest crowd and know, know everyone but definitely like you know when you're older it just doesn't really matter it's all more about yeah, who you're friends with, and uh, like, either the quality of the friendship. Oh, quality, like, totally. Uh, well, I think um, you know some of my my friends from primary school. Not many people have still friends with their friends from primary school. Oh but, yeah, you know, I think I'm, I'm still I'm still friends. I'm still I'm still friends with one of them. Yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Well, I'm still friends with a, a few of them, but two, yeah. two, two, like of my best mates from primary school. I'm actually yeah still hang out on a regular basis yeah. with one of them's in Queenstown I was just down there yeah. uh, but I hang out with him one is in the room next to us actually in this flat um, but uh, yeah I, I, you know as you said before it's about the quality of friends mm. instead of how many friends you have mm. and although um, you know you weren't that sociable at primary school I, do you think you're sociable now? Oh totally yeah, yeah. oh definitely and do you think the occupational therapy helped all that? Oh yeah, I just I think it all comes down to being comfortable with, like who you are, not just whether you have dyspraxia or whatever you have, or if you're if you're normal quotation marks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like you kind of have to be comfortable with who you are, because then you don't really when you're at that point you don't really care about who like like who what people think of you, because um, you can just kind of be yourself. And if someone likes you, they like you. If they don't like you, they don't like you. Um, so yeah, but yeah, definitely at, at primary school, I wasn't really forward about, Hey, I have this condition. There was, you know, a couple of mates that I'd say, oh, I've got this thing. Um, funny enough, the guy that I'm still friends with from primary school, he doesn't have it now, but he used to have a really bad stutter. Yep. Um, I won't say his name. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. I know him. So yep. I was, was friends with him still now. Yep. But um, but yeah, he used to have a, like a really bad stutter that it like affected him a lot. He's kind of grown out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like I was I was good friends with him. Um, 
we both kind of did music together. But yeah, I wasn't forthcoming with information like that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think primary school was a very kind of frustrating time for for me, just because yeah. I knew I had this this issue. It was it was an issue like for me. Um. And I didn't really want to confront it. Like yep. I had my parents help me, you know, with all of that. But personally, I was kind of still trying to ignore that I had it. Um, like I'd go to all the sessions, I'd do tutoring and all of that. But personally, I wasn't really taking it fully on board. Yeah. Because I wasn't really fully accepting it. But now, as I've gotten older, I've been like, well, this is an issue. It's better just to, um, you know, work on it um, rather than to kind of pretend like it doesn't exist. Well, I, I mean, I think you you told me after probably a few months of us hanging out as friends and that you're dyspraxic. And I went, oh, it kind of makes sense. I could kind of see it. But that yeah. was only because being dyslexic, you know, I was around learning support, so I knew what dyspraxia looked like and I knew a lot about it. So I could see how you're dyspraxic, but, you know, to to... Someone else, I'm going to use the word again, normal quotation marks. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, they, they definitely wouldn't notice that you're dyspraxic. Yeah. And I actually asked um, my mate Hamish Hobbs, who, um, who I grew, went to primary school with, and I said to him, like, because he, he grew up with me being dyspraxic, I mean dyslexic, and um, he couldn't, couldn't read, yeah. and I couldn't read, and he... he I asked him, like, what, I mean, because he was always brought up with it, you yeah. know, what was it like compared with, you know, someone at high school when I'd meet them and say, oh, I can't read. And he just, well, he kind of just said, well, you know, you're clearly, you know, smart in other ways. So, you know, it just, he never really thought much of it. You yeah. Know? I suppose maybe that's why I'm still really close with those guys. Yeah. Because they kind of respect you, I guess. Well, they don't really see it. Yeah. Oh. As other people see it, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, you know they might, they might respect them. They might not. Well, then there's this thing. They, they, they do respect. Well, that's the whole thing. Is though they they value like you because you're like what Hamish just you know said. Liz is like, you know, you're clearly smart in other ways. So like that one thing about you doesn't really matter. Doesn't define you, does it? No, totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think also, I think for myself is, for me, once I find something that I want to do and I want to learn, I learn it and I do it. Yeah, and I repeat that. And one thing like that I do when growing up is I used to play like drums quite a bit, and I do. Suppose that helped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same thing. Like like everything else, it helped. It helped quite quite a lot. But with drums, I'd go into a lesson. The teacher would try and teach me something. I wouldn't be able to get it. Yeah. Because and you know, the teacher would get a little bit frustrated. Um, do you find like just telling you something and leave you to figure it out helps well that's the thing time is the, is also the other thing is that I yep. don't work I'm not sure how many people do but I don't really work well under pressure yeah but if I can kind of go away by myself and learn something then I'm fine um, so yeah a lot of it just comes down to time or like being in my own space just kind of kind of doing it working on it because um, then I'm not worried about trying to get something done or have someone like look over my shoulder to do it um, so yeah, totally. Yeah, if you give me time and and you, you know with learning drums, the week later I'd be able to do whatever my teacher kind of was trying to teach me. 
um, yeah. and I'd be able to show it. So then we'd be able to move on to the next thing. So, I mean, we were talking about this um, earlier on, but I mean, you used the word diagnose with um, mm. dyspraxia. Yeah. And I didn't like the word diagnose. I didn't, you know, it was just past comedy. I don't, I, yeah. I don't know, really know why I didn't like it. Yeah. But I mean, I suppose I, I, I attached some negativity around the word yeah. diagnosed. I mean, I mean, you obviously quite like the word diagnosed. Well, this it's quite ironic because if you asked me when I was, you know, eight, uh, ten years old, I would hate the word diagnosed. But I think the word diagnosed means that you found something and you need to face it. Yeah. Um, I do get when you mean when you say you don't like the word diagnosed because then it's just like well you you're not you're no longer that. Kind but of maybe person. that's just negativity attached to it from when I was younger. Yeah. I just really, really thought about it. Yeah. Until now. Totally. I think it's as a part of like a stigma when someone says. I think people get kind of get worried more when you're when you're younger, is that when you're diagnosed with some something, you're no longer that person. But I think. What it actually means is when you're diagnosed with something, you now it defines you a bit more, and you understand yourself a bit better. Yeah. And once you're diagnosed with something like what we have, you can actually tackle issues that you've been having. Because um, at that point there, you no longer should, you know, um, try and carry on and just battle your way through it. Yeah, yeah. More you're blind. You know, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You now you know. See. You now know what the issue is, and you can find solutions and yeah. work on yourself. I mean, um, I mean, I think you've changed my mind on that one now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> um, and how are we doing for the show notes? I mean, like, are we yeah, tackling everything? We're, we're tackling everything. Um, so, yeah, what, what are we doing in the next, um, the coming episodes, Jack? I'd like to get our parents on the show. Or we got Nick, one of our good mates, to talk to. He wants to come on and talk to him because he's, mm. he's dyslexic, but he's not as um, dyslexic as maybe me. So... He's just got a found he's just finished university and he's just found a job. So it might be good yeah, quite sales, good sales trackers. Yeah. Yeah. And what other things do you want to talk about on the next show? Um yeah, like totally getting other people on the podcast. Like um there's my mum's actually uh quite involved in the the Dyspraxia Foundation oh, yeah. in New Zealand. So Still. we're gonna have yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're and we're gonna have some people on from there. Um so yeah, hoping other parents as well, um, not just us, and even other people that have other conditions there's going to be a couple of people that we're going to reach out to to see if they want to come on the show yeah um but yeah in the next probably the next podcast that we're going to try and tackle is just more still about ourselves but going on to talk about high school and yep. uh, um, definitely definitely and what's happening about that yeah so yeah if you've got any questions just um flick us an email at discussionpodcast at gmail.com we'll catch you in the next episode thanks for listening guys